You are listening to the Startup Playground. Show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders, and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes, and hear about their interesting experiences. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Startup Playground. It's me, your host Elvis, and today we got another great female founder. Her name is Antonella Toma, and she co-founded a startup called Get You Local. Startup that helps small and unique independent shops around Copenhagen get some sweet sales. Hey, Antonella. Hello, Elvis, and thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, it sounded really interesting, and I'm very happy to be here, and I hope you can learn something from me. I'm happy to have you, you know, you are my second female founder and you know, it's really important to also hear the female entrepreneur opinion on, you know, this whole scene of yes. startups. Yes, there are a lot of the out there with uh, female founders as well. And um, it's very important that you put focus on it because I think that uh, female entrepreneurs have a little bit different approach than men. Can you elaborate on it? Oh, well, you know, it's all about, I guess, testosterone. We don't have it. <laughs> and that, I guess, makes things, you know, see the world a little bit different. We are driven by passion. We are driven by, uh, by creativity. We are more empathetic. And this is, of course, generalization. But I think that uh, men, you know, have a little bit, are a little bit more pompous and a little bit more... Um, you know, success-oriented, which is, it can be great. It's, you know, it's a drive to their success, of course, but that's what I uh, believe. That's what, why I say that we are a little bit different. What I think that, you know, that men, founders, generally, they take um, more risky decisions rather than female founders because female founders, they think before they do the action. A man do it opposite. They do the action most of the times, and then they kind of think of the consequences. Do you agree with that? Yeah, in general, women, we are a little bit more risk aversive. Okay. Uh, so we are more cautious. Uh, we don't want to do a move, you know, unless uh, we have thought about it like a trillion times. Uh, and we don't want to do a move, for example, if there are a lot of at stake. So we are a little bit more careful in that sense. So I, I agree with you, I guess. Tell me, Antonella, how is being generally an entrepreneur in this, you know, fast-moving world. Thank you very much, you know, for uh, saying that I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, I really don't feel like that <laughs> at all. But how I feel, uh, well, uh, with Get You Local, it was my first time as an entrepreneur where I thought to myself that, okay, I have this great idea that the world really needs to see and that I need to put it out there. So uh, being my first time, I think that I... Um, I learn a lot and I can see that being an entrepreneur is actually not an easy thing. Uh, it's not a piece of cake. It's not very fancy. Uh, I can tell you, for example, that I, it's very interesting. You, I've learned a ton of stuff, you know, through this experience. But for example, I, uh, I have a challenge with giving uh, public, uh, pub with public speaking and with giving pitches, for example, in, uh, in an auditorium. And of course, you know, other challenges uh, such as being an entrepreneur, you know, uh, first you have, to, uh, you have to take care of your living, you have to pay your bills, you have to, you know, have 
everything sorted out on that side and then have the energy and have the passion to pursue that on the side. So I think it's, um, it's extremely hard. I can see that you agree by the way that you uh, yes, yes. Yeah, move your head. And I think, yeah, it's very hard, but, you know, it's a, it's, it's a very good lesson. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of good things come out of it if you put the amount of persistence and perseverance out there and you believe in your product, then I think you will eventually succeed. That is my, my idea. That's my belief. I will definitely agree with you, Antonella, in this yeah. case, because, you know, I also have my main job and then, you know, afterwards also all these bills and all these responsibilities. Yes. And plus on top of that, startups and yeah. creating this, you know, this awareness of your brand mm -hmm. and all about you in generally. It's, it's an exciting journey, I would say. Yeah. A lot of obstacles, but, you know, everything is possible as that much as you're willing to do. Yeah. As they say, actually, as an expression, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but no good sailor came from sailing in calm seas, which means that you have to like fail and fail again and again in order to, to come to that level that you say that now I am an entrepreneur and now I'm going to go for it and I'm going to do whatever it takes. Before that, you said, thank you for calling me entrepreneur. Yeah. You don't see yourself as entrepreneur. No, not to be honest, no. I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. I see myself as a person that uh, I was in a point of my life when I felt the need to go independent and to try my own uh, powers. And uh, I had a, a good idea out there, one of the many ideas that I have, of course. And then I thought that um, the ecosystem in Denmark, it's quite good for startups. So I just, you know, give it a shot, you know, and see where it takes me. Let's hope it takes you big and high, you know. <laughs> Thank you very much. What could you tell me more about yourself, your passions, your, you know, life in general? My passions, you know, I, um, I, think, I, I think of myself as a very creative person. Uh, right now, for example, I'm learning the craft of making jewelry. Like this, for example, I've made them myself. I am a person that loves good food and love to travel. I love the sea. I come myself from a small town with the sea. So everything that, uh, that has to do with the sea, the sand and water, it's my element, I think. I like to enjoy life. I like to be social with people. Uh, I like to read psychology. So I like to take as much as possible, you know, from, from the world. And um, I used to be like more like an adventurer in terms of, you know, I used to do extreme sports and stuff, you know, although I still like that. I'm now like focusing more on the sort of uh, intellectual part of learning stuff and being better, you know, having better qualities, uh, like, for example, whatever that will help me become uh, a better person, but also a better like uh, in what I do. My mother used to say one smart thing when I was younger. And this is related also to the music school, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I really, I have also mentioned in a previous podcast that I really didn't like the music school, right? I didn't like to go there and spend time because I was in this young age of, you know, joyfulness, freedom, willing not to do nothing, you know, rebel yes. would say. And she said one the thing that no matter what you do in your life, always finish it. And no matter what you do in life, Everything that you do gonna add some value to you and make you in a better person. That's kind of adds to what you have told. Yeah. No matter what you do, it makes you in a better person. 
Exactly. Like no matter what experience we have makes us a, a better person. Sometimes we don't see it like that, of course. But, you know, that's why we have moms to remind us that uh, <laughs> that everything that we do will lead to something. We'll learn something. So, you know, eventually it will make us like better human Where beings. are you from, Antonella? I am from a small town in Albania. It's called Saranda. It's a touristic place. When I was 17, I moved to Greece for my studies. I lived in Greece for 15 years. And then I came to Denmark. And how do you like Denmark? Denmark is a very nice place to live. I must say that now I've gotten used to the weather uh, weather changes uh, because that was very hard for me in the beginning. But, you know, it has a lot of opportunities for people with new ideas. It has a very good ecosystem for people that wants to start a, a startup. It's really awesome how much these people help you and uh, how much, uh, like, I've gotten so much help And so, like, uh, I've, I've gotten some mentors that really believed in me and still have them. In general, like, it's incredible how much these people do, like, how much Denmark does for uh, young uh, professionals and young entrepreneurs that have ideas. And I don't think you find it anywhere, at least in Europe. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. I'm originally from Latvia, and I have noticed that there are some startup incubators growing now. Mm -hmm. I haven't done any in-depth research on them, but... They are, and it's slowly adapting. But I feel that Denmark and Scandinavia in general is upfront. Yeah. And really, the ecosystem is really welcoming and really yes. forward coming. Yes. Tell me about your personal life goals. My personal life goals? Yeah. Where do you see yourself, let's say, in five years? I see myself in five years having my own business, being independent. Uh, you know, I have uh, Get You Local and, I, of course, I have other projects in my mind. So, yeah, my personal goals, uh, my personal goal is to achieve and go there. And I won't reveal and I won't say what kind of... I love Get You Local and I'm working on Get You Local as well. But that doesn't concern only Get You Local, but also some other projects that I have on the side. So my life goal is to work towards them, become better. And finally, like in five years, be independent and do what I love the most. Great plan. Yes, thank you. I guess we all want to be independent and we don't want to work under somebody else. That is true. Mo most of us. Yes, most of the people, I guess, go for that, you know, because they think that it's so nice, you know, to be your own boss, but it's actually a nightmare <laughs> to be your own boss. For me personally, it's not that I have somebody on my head. It's just that for me, I need to create myself the job of my dreams. If I find somewhere this job that I can be creative and I can have all my ideas and even if I have a good manager upon me uh, it's not that what stops me I believe that everybody if you cannot find the job of your dreams you have to create it could that be the reason or, or driving force why you became an entrepreneur or is there something more why you decided to go into this you know roads of struggles excitement adventure yeah I think initially it was to test myself uh, and it was to, it, as I said, I was in the time of my life when I needed to, to test myself and to prove that I can do stuff, that I can work on, on my ideas. And with Get You Local, um, you know, I had this idea f since the moment that I came to Denmark, I had this idea that the small retail shops, it's not the same as in Greece or in, in Albania, for example. Small retail shops in Denmark are towards extinction for different reasons. Because Scandinavian countries, they may be perfect, but, you know, the online shopping thrives here. 
So people have less and less incentives to go to the small retail shops. As an example, I don't see a lot of fish traders or I don't see a lot of bakeries. People have sort of this new generation. They don't shop anymore to these shops. Like I guess in, it's, as in Latvia, you shop your specialty, you have your own specialty shops. In Greece as well, we have our fishermen, we have our butcher, we have our baker. Mm -hmm. People, you know, that love what they do and they sell it. And of course, we go and buy it to them. But in Denmark, it's somehow different um, production. It's accumulated in supermarkets. Now in the supermarkets, you can find a wide array of products from food to electronics to clothing. And that means that the products that we get in the supermarkets are primarily um, cheaper products, products that are produced in China, that are produced in other countries. Not that that is necessarily bad, but think about that every small boutique, like think this scenario, you know, the zombie scenario, like the end of the world, you know, because I like post-apocalyptic movies. Think about this scenario, you know, that all the small boutiques disappear from Copenhagen. And then suddenly we only have chains, we only have online shopping, and then we only have the supermarkets. Creativity is lost, innovation is lost, the sense of the community is lost, the sense to get a good and authentic customer service is lost. You go, for example, to a, to a big retail shop and you don't get any substantial customer service, right? The only thing that these people know now is to tell you where the product is. They don't know you how this product is made or they cannot uh, offer you like which is the best product for you. And this for me, like it's, it's catastrophic, like because it will take all the innovation, you know, it will take all the, all the creativity from, from us, you know, all the handcrafts, all the crafts that is out there, you know, that without it, actually, we're just going to become a black and white sort of place. And, uh, and for me, you know, I saw that and I said that we have to do something about that. I mean, I have to make a platform and that's the idea, you know, Get Your Local is a platform of small, unique shops. Our idea is to contain every one of this shop as an information to them, as an information to people so they, they can uh, raise their, uh, their visibility. You have, I guess, different uh, sources where you can see that you have Google, you have Facebook, but it's not concentrated towards uh, small boutiques. If you want to buy clothes and you Google, in the first page, you will not find small boutiques. You will find, you know, Zalando, you will find Zara, then you will find, I don't know, a, a shopping mall. So the small boutiques that may have a website, you will never find them in Google, I think. I don't think Google is a place to find a, a small boutique. I would say no. Google no. is not a place to find a small... I mean, you can, you can find by address and you can look through Google Maps and all that kind of stuff, but, you mm -hmm. know, it's going to take a lot of time until you're going to step yeah. on this unique one-of-the-kind yeah, yeah, yeah. in small independent shops. Yeah. What I like about small independent shops, because I'm also into a little vintage and a little into, like, these mm -hmm. handcrafted stuff, Yeah. because I'm coming from the country that they have a lot of handcrafted stuff and all these uh, mm. nice, cozy things, Yeah. is that it has the value. It gives you the value, the emotions created mm. or invested during the creation of the specific product. Yeah. You mentioned also Greece. Yeah. So what I like about Greece, that no matter where you go, if you don't go, of course, to the big retail stores, right? Mm -hmm. Every person who sells you stuff, he knows what he sells. Mm -hmm. He knows 
what he sells, he knows the value of it. Exactly. And also the quality is much higher. Exactly, yes, of the products. Of the products. I remember once in Greece when I first came to a shop that had underwear and I was going to buy a bra for myself. And then the moment that I get in, the seller there in the shop, she uh, recognized what number I have. And I realized that I was wearing a wrong number of bra. <laughs> and I said, no, that's not your number. Your number is that, you know. So uh, try and... And I said, are you sure? Because I've been doing... I've been... I'm like 20 something, you know. So I've, I've been using it for a while. And said, no, go try it. And I was like, damn, wow, she was right, actually. So it's people that they are very passionate about uh, what they do. And there are people that work 20 years with something. So it's inevitable, inevitable for them not to know. Yes. They know the moment you come in what you want. Yeah. And they know what is good for you. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have a, a better quality of products because they need to be competitive, you know, with the, with the other neighborhood shop. They need to bring other stuff that, uh, that they don't have. And yeah, this is how, this is the value for me. Like it's, uh, for me, you know, I grew up like that. You know, I thought that that was the best way to sell something. You have to know your product. Yes, yes. But of course, that was the, a traditional way of selling something. It's not that I'm against uh, online shopping or it's not that I'm against uh, big malls. They provide a very big value. Going to a shopping mall, especially living in Denmark with weather, it's great for a family. You have your cinema, you have your shops, you have your supermarket, you have everything there. And I guess in a way, big retail brands, they are cheaper, they are more affordable. You can go, for example, to Zara and buy a blouse for 50 crowns. You know, that is also a value and, you know, they have good products, you know. But I think that we have to, I mean, balance is the, you know, balance is the secret to everything. I think we can have that, but I think we should have the small retailers as well. And I think that the government should be more aware, though, that, you know, this small retailer, they cannot compete towards the big retailers. They cannot compete because if, if the Zara, for example, sells a, a blouse for 50 crowns and the other retailer there, they cannot afford to sell something for 50 crowns because they have to pay the, their bills. They have to pay, you know, the, the rent. Uh, they have to pay themselves. You know, they have to bring food in the table. So for me, it's very hard for the small retailers and it has to be done something for them. So what you're saying is it's important to have small independent shops. Yes, I think it's very important for the for for society. It's very important for the customers. It's very important for the economy as well. Think about that before that the money that you put in a small boutique, they go back to the community. But the money that you, for example, let's say, because we took Zara as an example, I, I have nothing against Zara, you know? But let's say that you go and buy to Zara. The money that you pay at Zara, go to the shareholders in Zara. Shareholders that doesn't have to do anything with Denmark, for example. This money go to develop, you know, some other shop in some other country. Whereas, you know, if you buy from a small boutique, this money go back to your community. The tax that you pay goes back to the country. A lot of these small boutiques, I don't know if there is in Latvia, but, you know, small boutiques usually are the one to fund, for example, the, the local uh, sports teams, football teams. It's actually when I talk about it with Danish people, they say that it is true that since these small businesses have disappeared, there is no one to finance, you know, the, the local shops, the local, sorry, the local uh, football team. 
and they are like in dire need of like who's going to give us money you know to continue so it's it's a whole ecosystem for me that fails if this shop do not exist and not to mention again the community sense and the the social sense it's better because you know you if you have a small and cozy boutique in a neighborhood more people come you know each other you know the seller the seller makes some event and gets people together so in that sense, I mean, the neighborhood is stronger, the local community is stronger, because those places are like meeting points, you can say. For me, I see that it's very, very important that we keep the small retail businesses. I can hear that you are really passionate about what you do, mm-hmm. and I really admire that. I really stand on your side that, you know, the small independent shops, they have to exist, mm-hmm. no matter how big are the retail shops and the competition. Now I would like to know more about your business. And in this case, get you local. Mm-hmm. It's understandable that you are, are working as a guide to guide people to local small independent shops, right? Yes. Could you tell me more? Are those the services that you offer? Are you the, the guide? I believe that the idea was to provide a platform that people can get in and can find their favorite shops in the city. For example, if someone is interested in, the, in design, They can just scroll and see design and they can choose the area that they want to go and shop and they can find uh, a list of shops. My idea as well was to create different profiles of these shops to add a more personal note, to add like a personal story from the side of the businessman that owns the shop. But, you know, it can be a little bit hard because when people open their profiles, you know, shop owners, I always tell them that, okay, you can write a little bit about yourselves, like what you're doing and blah, blah, blah. And most of the people, they copy it from their website or their, you know, social media account. And that is quite okay. But some people, you know, they just don't have the time to write a lot. Because we're talking about busy people that have to do to make everything work, you know, in their shops. So they just write, you know, something very brief about their shop. And then, you know, I contact them and then I tell them that they can write more. But the initial idea is, yes, that it is a place where you can find uh, these uh, cozy handcrafts, unique boutiques that you don't usually see them because you live in an area, specific area. So yeah, that's how I like to think it as a, as a map, as a guiding map of uh, small, unique boutiques. So if I'm a local shop that sells handcrafted vintage items, mm-hmm. why should I register my shop at your database? First of all, because it's free right now. And it, it helps in creating a unique platform of shops. And of course, we have a, a social media account that uh, it's growing and growing. And every time that somebody posts a profile there, that profile, it's available in Google. For example, there are some of the shops that they don't have a, they don't have a website, but they have a, a social media profile. So if somebody Googles them, they find their Facebook page. It is another means to, to increase their, their visibility. First of all, and second of all, to contribute in, in creating a unique community of, uh, of shops in a time when these boutiques actually, it's very hard for them to survive. I admire your work. <laughs> Thank you. Before I came here, I've done a, a little research on you and generally on Get You Local. Mm-hmm. And I saw that you have participated in Go Grow Demo Day. Yes, we participated in the Go Grow uh, program. Yeah. It was a three-month uh, accelerated program offered by Copenhagen School of Entrepreneurship. 
And as well, we, as every candidate does, we presented there, uh, we pitched uh, in front of an auditorium at CBS for the GoGro demo. Yes. And you have mentioned during the presentation, you have mentioned that your revenue model is a subscription-based model. Is it working currently or will it be implemented in a future stage? Could you maybe elaborate on that? The initial idea was that, that it should work on a subscription base. We can ask a small subscription from the small shops, but we haven't decided not to go with that because our initial goal in Get You Local is to grow the database, to have as much as shops possible in. So we cannot put an obstacle to the shops and tell them you have to pay and then, you know, without providing a, a big database. That was the idea. The idea is to grow the platform with as much shops as possible and then maybe charge a subscription per month or per year. So that was the idea, but I think we are also working on alternative things as well. Something that I learned is that you cannot charge people for, you know, in information that you can find it elsewhere. Because, you know, these people have their social media page and you can see it there. So why would someone pay a subscription to us, you know, to a platform? That was the initial idea, but we are not sure that we're going to stick with it. We won't capitalize until we think that it's necessary. Okay. So the current stage of your startup is basically that you are in a growth phase? Or are you more in establishment? Mm, yes, we are just in the beginning. Like I would say that we are in a, in a stage when people get to know us. And I would say yes. I believe that we're still in the when you get into the market stage. So we're still in the beginning and we're still trying to see our business model, if it works or not. And how old is the startup? It's like one and a half years. We started it in 2017 as an idea, but the platform was ready on summer of 2018, both in English and Danish versions. So I would say that it has been a year that has operated fully. I also checked your homepage. It looks really beautiful, well-organized and really easy to navigate through. So thumbs up for that, really cool page. To my brother, the other co-founder, that he is responsible for the technical part. And he put a lot of importance in design, usability, but also uh, because he has a love for photography. He put a lot of focus on photography and the quality of the, of the photographs that we have. Because we live in the age of image and yeah. so it's very important. Yeah, it is really important. Yeah. Yes. Too. But thank you for that. I will tell you, I will tell him that. And uh, <laughs> Yes. Also, I would say that what you do is really unique Mm -hmm. in a way. I mean, there are other places that offer such a guide, but they have a larger variety of information provided. You are more into a narrowing Mm -hmm. and uh, you are more offering just these unique independent small shops. However, maybe you can tell me what's unique about your business from your own perspective. And then how does your startup differentiate among your competitors? Well, it differentiates because we don't take any money. For example, there were different reasons. For example, we were offered by different companies to put different ads in the website because we have quite some traffic, I would say. But we didn't want to put ads in the... For example, it, it, it looks stupid to go to the page and see on small boutiques and then suddenly see an ad of, I don't know, Zalando or, some, or Asos or something like that, you know? So in that case, it is unique because we are thinking exclusively to growing it. We are first thinking on growth terms and then 
on money terms. We truly care about these businesses. We are not here to make money, but we really believe in that and we really want that to succeed. So that is the drive. I think that that's really what every startup has to do. Focus on providing value to customers, mm -hmm. then, you know, cashing in the money. Because if you provide value and if the customers see it, you're going to eventually get some revenue. Some revenue, yeah. Yes. I think that is my opinion as well. Maybe it's a bit romantic. And of course, it can be demotivated because if you don't get paid for your work, it can be quite uh, hard for your confidence and quite hard for your motivation. And uh, you wonder and you say, so why, why am I even doing this in the first place? Because, you know, life is hard and then these things, for example, don't work. But yeah, I mean, uh, that is the way that I see it, that if it have to, if, if the money will come, it has to feel right in, and it hasn't, it doesn't have to be in a pushed way. You don't have to push people, you know, to give you the money. If you, as you say, create value for those businesses, eventually this money will come to you in a way or another. What could you tell me? What's your biggest obstacles within your business? There were a lot of obstacles. For example, in the beginning, we should go to the shops and sell the idea. My selling skills have quite improved, to be honest, because in the beginning I was quite timid and I was quite afraid and I, I, I took everything as a rejection. But that, you know, was not an obstacle. It was a little bit more of a challenge. An obstacle, I would say that, of course, you know, it's a financial thing because I have to have a, a you know, I have my job and I have to pay my bills and, you know, I have to make it work there. Sometimes, you know, that would leave the get you local on the side. Because I didn't have the, you know, the energy and I didn't have the, the motivation to, to go to the shops. So, yeah, I guess in a way that was the, the, the obstacle that we encountered because we didn't get any funding. We didn't apply for any funding. You know, we didn't have that side that, okay, now I have the money to pay my bills and to pay my house and I can do this and I can focus 100% on this. But it didn't work like that. It doesn't work like that, I'm afraid. And uh, that is an obstacle that I'm still facing. And then another obstacle is the team. You know, the team is made primarily of me and my brother. He does the technical part, I do the, the, the business part. But I would like to have uh, like more people in the team. And right now we haven't found anyone that, you know, really, really matches. We had people come uh, in and out, but we would really want to have like a local person that really knows the market because we can do whatever we want, you know, but we also need to understand, you know, the local side and how the Danish consumers think because we are doing it in Denmark. So yeah, we want, I would really like to find, and if somebody listens to me and is interested on joining us, you are very welcome to write to us. We would love to have someone that is really passionate about the idea, a Danish girl or boy that would like to go out there and sell the idea as well. So I really would like to grow the team. And you have to, because team is really important asset in every startup. Yes. Yes, it's because I also have noticed in my own startup that, you know, team mm -hmm. has to be there before you start building your next big idea. Yes, yes. Because, you know, sometimes it gets lonely, you get frustrated, you get tired because yeah. you're alone, you have nobody to share the opinions with and all that kind of stuff. Yes. But that's one of the struggles that every startup, I guess, is facing. That is true. And for me, that was a learning. If I was going to do it again, 
I would try to work on the team, you know, I would try to go out there with my idea and be a little bit more social about it and tell people that, you know what, I have this idea. Are you interested, like, in joining us? And, you know, and, and I didn't do that in the beginning. It's something that we find out that we need to, you know, to have a big team because also we need different competencies. A startup needs to have different competencies as well. I believe that if I was a little bit more, like, smart about it, like, finding people that really want to be in the team. I think it could add more like power to the startup and more uh, variety as well. And as I said, a local person that speaks the language very well. I speak Danish, but I'm not fluent in it. So a local person that, you know, that it always helps, you know, having the, the local perspective of, uh, of, of stuff. I hope you're going to find soon this, this unique person that you're talking about. You know, it doesn't have to be very, it's like, it sounds like I'm finding the one and only. No, I just, for me... I, I'm not looking any like particular competencies, just a person that really likes the idea that is not afraid, you know, to, to go out there, you know, and pursue stuff. That's it. Before we move into the closing questions, mm -hmm. I wanted to know, because you were telling me about um, that when you were approaching the shops, your uh, selling skills were improved overall, right? Yes. Maybe you could tell me the tone or maybe the, the way you're approaching. What is the company language that yes. you're approaching this? Is it like more friendly or is it more official or? Of course, it's more friendly because we are talking with, uh, we are talking, we're not talking about uh, like uh, bank directors here, like the people, the shop owners, they are normal people that have their business. And, you know, my, I have a mentor and he says that the only way to make business or to sell stuff is trust, like, sell. So the people have to trust you, they have to like you, and then you can sell to them. So that is very important. And, of course, when I go to the shop owners, the challenge sometimes was that the shop owner was not there. It was a, an employee and, you know, the employees are always, you know, we cannot take this, uh, you know, the responsibility, you know, to put a shop in a platform. But every time, you know, uh, although it was the tone was friendly, make no mistake that every time that I was in a shop, I had to make a pitch of the company and I had to impress the person that we have the best idea and that this idea will save them. And this is the best thing that they could get. And that in the beginning, I thought that, oh, my God, you know, how am I, how am I going to do this? You know, I, I cannot even <laughs> convince myself. How am I going to convince, you know, the other people there? But we worked a little bit with my mentor and he told me that Antonella, because I was very uh, like insecure and, you know, I thought that people were very kind. But in the end, a lot of them, they said, ah, but I'll look into it and then we will call you. And they didn't do anything. And he said that, Antonella, you shouldn't go that way. You should, unless the shop owner kicks you or punches you in the face, you shouldn't leave the shop without having their listing online, without having their contacts, or without at least asking what is the feedback? What is, what, what is the reason why? Why do you don't want to join and get you local? Because it is, you know, we offer a big value for you and blah, blah, blah. Tell us why. What do you think? And, uh, and yeah, so that sort of helped a lot, you know, to be more assertive in selling something. It has become much better, you know, when I go to a shop, like I, I can see that it comes much easier for me and it works more. Selling is a skill that everybody should work on independently if they are selling a product. Eventually you will sell yourself if you want to find a job in a job interview. You'll sell yourself in a relationship. You sell yourself in, when you rent a house everywhere. So It's been really inspiring. 
all this discussion with you. But you know, all good things has to come to an end eventually. Eventually, yes. You're right. I have a couple of questions before I would like to wrap up all this. Mm-hmm. I know you don't call yourself as an entrepreneur. Yes. So I'll call you as a businesswoman. Um, you are into business and you are a woman. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess whatever you like, but I mean, yes, whatever you want. You can call me entrepreneur. I will call you entrepreneur. Yes. So since you are in this environment for a while already, mm-hmm. there are some key activities that you may recommend other entrepreneurs to invest their time in. Yes. To like succeed their goals, right? So yes. what are the key activities that you would recommend? What have you learned from your journey? If a young person out there, or of course an older person, whoever wants to dive into, I think that they should test a minimum viable product. Make a, a, a small version of your product, whether it's physical or whether it's digital. Make a small research in social media and see the response of the people. You don't have to be, you know, super huge, but you need to see some interaction. You need to see that people are interested in what you have. And that gives an idea to you or if you have a market out there. I actually did the same two years ago. I went to shops in AMA here in Denmark and talked to them. I didn't have a product yet. And they said that it sounds great. It sounds very good. Not investing a lot of money on it. It's very easy to have, for example, to make a, a website nowadays. So just go small in the beginning and gradually grow it. You don't have to put your savings, you know, in, in something until you know that it's going to work. Because a lot of times we are very enthusiastic and very motivated to do something. But in the end, I mean, we need to see, is there a market for it? Is there people that are going to pay for this? Or can I live for, from this? Or can it just only stay as a hobby? So yes, uh, one key activity is the research in the beginning. And then... Other key activities, it's networking and learning as much as many skills possible. If someone is an entrepreneur, get ready. If you are an entrepreneur, and especially you know because you're on your own, you have to be your own IT guy, you have to be your own business guy, you have to do the marketing yourself, you have to be the selling yourself. So you have to do a little bit of everything. So get ready and start learning and be open and, uh, you know, start watching videos in YouTube and start, start following people. And uh, when you feel confident about that, then just go for it and do it. I think for me, that is the recipe. Just following up, being there, showing up. So take the risk. Take the risk, yes. Take the risk, but As I said, uh, you can always do, if you start a minimum viable product, the risk is not very big. And especially, I recommend everybody that wants to start something to have a job and then do the, their project on the side. Just like a lot of uh, famous entrepreneurs uh, did it, like, for example, uh, Sarah Blakely, the CEO of Spanx. You don't know her? Haven't heard about her, no. She is, uh, you know, she made those uh, Spanx. It's this product that for women that shape wear. She is, I actually follow her in, in LinkedIn. She is very inspiring. Well, that's what she did. She actually uh, sold fax machines for like uh, for many years. And she had this idea and she went to manufacturers on the side and she only quit the job after I think one year or two years of operating when she starts selling her products in Walmart. It is then that she quit her job, full-time job and focused 100% on her product. 
So uh, I think this is the best way to go. Risk is less. You don't lose your savings. You have the money to pay your bills and you have the motivation to do something on the side that you really believe in it. Yeah. I think I will agree on everything that you said before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we live really in the in times when, you know, World Wide Web offers so much information that you can learn. Mm-hmm. It's yes. all about how dedicated and persevere are you yeah, yeah. in achieving your passion or turning, as I say, your passion into career. Exactly, or full-time job. Or full-time job. Yes. So you said your startup is around one and a half year old. Yes. So let's say that you had option to turn back the time, you know, Mm -hmm. what tips would you suggest others as I wish I knew before tips before I started? I know you mentioned team. I know you mentioned financial aspects. Yes. Perseverance and all other stuff. But there must be something else. I guess there are a lot of things, you know, and the only thing that people have to have in mind is that being an entrepreneur, it's not a walk in the park. It's it's very hard and, you know, it's if you want to do it because it sounds cool to say that you're an entrepreneur, that thing is going to fade eventually because, you know, failure can, can really uh, can, can make you, can make you really tired of it. You don't have the same will to follow. So it depends, like, you, you have to know the reasons why you're doing it. You're doing it because it sounds cool, then I don't think that it's the, the way to go. It's going to fade eventually and you're going to figure it out. You're doing it because you have this very good idea and you've always thought about it and you think that, that really the world needs this idea. Then this means that you have a fire inside you and that fire can be sort of an accelerator, can lead you in, in times when you feel demotivated. So you have to find out the reason why you're doing it. And you have to know from the beginning that it's going to be hard. And you have to enjoy the ride. Yes, you have to enjoy the ride and uh, you have to, like, for me, it's very important if for someone that is an entrepreneur to be optimist. If you're not an optimist person and say, oh my God, oh my God, everything will fall out. I am like that sometimes, you know, but think about like the craziest idea are driven by optimism, by people that you really thought about that said, hmm, why not? Why shouldn't it work? And people in the beginning thought, for example, that um, Airbnb was a crazy idea, which is my, one of my favorite business models. And what? Share my house with other people? Or, you know, go to other people's? And now Airbnb, it's huge. It's everywhere. And they also offer camping. Today I was booking an apartment in Athens because I'm going to Greece soon. Okay. And I was booking an apartment in Athens and I saw that they also offer camping. Yes, I've seen that they offer tree houses as well. They offer igloos. Yes. They offer ships. Yes. As accommodation. But think about it, like if those three guys that started it didn't really believe in it and said, wow, this is so cool, you know, and this is going to work. Why not? You know, they were optimistic about it. Then it wouldn't happen. That's true. You have to dream big. Yes, dream big and be optimistic. And dedicated. Dedicated, of course. Before I will ask you the last question, I would like to do a little wrap up of all this Mm -hmm. productive conversation that I'm, as I mentioned before, really, really enjoying. So today we had Antonella Toma, co-founder of startup called Get You Local, the startup that helps small and unique independent shops around Copenhagen get some sweet sales. What I found out from you, Antonella, that you are passionate about traveling, Mm -hmm. you are a food lover, you are a creative soul, and you love nature and especially sea. 
Yes. The sea is my element. The water, I am the total into water element. I'm also an Aquarius as a sign, so it has to do something with that. Yes. One of the key activities that's being suggested by you for other entrepreneurs are to test minimum viable product yeah. before you kind of invest into big and you spend a lot of money, as well as you have to take risks and you have to network. You have to create a group of uh, like-minded people as you. Exactly, yes. Right? Yes. That's great. Some of the other things that you said that as you are a female founder, that females are more risk aversive in general look i mean a lot of women would disagree with me apparently but if i am allowed to generalize i would think yes especially a non-experienced entrepreneur for the first time yes uh, women we are from our nature a bit more cautious and uh, we don't really love risk the same way that men do yes and i admire that there are also female founders such as you Thank you, Elvis. I case. hope that uh, <laughs> it gets more and more. Uh, it will. It will. That, that women gets more and more the courage, you know, to to go out there and let their fears away and uh, create beautiful things. Because you know, if you haven't, if you have heard, you know, the funny memes, you know, in the internet, that if countries were run by by women, there wouldn't be any war out there. And I totally believe that. <laughs> There will maybe be some gossip and some like uh, scandals, scandals, you know, once in a while, but yes. but no war. But you know, yeah. still, that it's also uh, I'm, it's, it's a joke. So, and now I would like to know, and definitely also the listeners would like to know where and how people can find you, find get you local, and you know, read about you, yeah. see what you do, maybe contact you. Great. They can Google Get You Local. They can find us on our website, www.getyoulocal. It's not you, it's uh, only a letter U. So it's getyoulocal.com. We have a contact form that they can contact us. I also have put my phone there as a, in the contact. Whoever is interested, they can call me. We also have uh, social media pages. Our best, I would say, is our Instagram page. We post their different shops from Copenhagen. So we take uh, photos and we sort of write about them and uh, we post them in our Instagram page. People can also reach us from there as well. And of course, people are more than welcome to contact us and tell us their ideas, tell us what they think, if they really like the idea, if they have any suggestions. I'm really open to like if just people call and say, Oh, you know, I heard you and I really like it, the idea, but you know, you're here and here and here and here. You can do this or you can do that. For me, it's great. I'm, I'm very open like that to learn more. Let's get some calls for you and get local, <laughs> right? Yes. I will thank you, Antonella, for this time we spent together and talking about you, your life experiences and, and everything you've been you through and the, the development of Get You Local, really unique startup. I will allow myself to say it again. Thank you very much, Elvis. And I really hope that you also have enjoyed this time. And it was really awesome. It's, you know, it really helps me reflect on a lot of things. And it's really great, you know, and your questions are very nice and very relevant. And thank you, like, for the honor, really. <laughs> I'm always uh, happy to get some really creative people on my podcast. I wish you good luck with that. Thank you very much. And I'll say goodbye to you today, Antonella. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.